Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 106 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, regular Wednesday contributors to the show, our NHL insider, John Shannon, and give us a little bit of what he thinks is the league perspective on things moving forward. And from the Cult of Hockey in the Edmonton Journal, uh, we will hear from the president of the Dr. Tam Fan Club, Dave Staples, momentarily. You can uh, text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors has been providing winning results for 35 years. You can tweet us at Oilers Now. Tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and tweet Brendan Escott at Brendan Escott. Do want to mention... Uh, during the season, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you every day by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Uh, obviously, uh, we are at a different place right now, and uh, Trent Brown and Jim Brown want to wish uh, everybody uh, the best of luck with things at this time. Stay safe, stay at home. And a reminder, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Without further ado, we are pleased to be uh, joined on the line once again by the Cult of Hockey's David Staples. Did you like that, president of the uh, Dr. Tam Fan Club, or was that uh, actually Michelle Rimple? I, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> yes, Michelle Rimple was the first politician, or maybe the second, uh, to question Dr. Tam, Dr. Teresa Tam, who's Canada's chief public health officer uh, in in public. So Rempel put out a tweet this weekend. She's a conservative MP from Calgary questioning him. But the um, the NDP minister who regularly does the press briefings with their chief medical officer in BC had been questioning Cam and her border policies um, last week. So it's actually kind of a bipartisan um, critique of Cam, which I think is really fair because Cam is supposed to be she just she's a bureaucrat and she's supposed to just her main job is to look after public health 
she's not supposed to be part of them. But I, I, my criticism of her is that she's let politics get in the way of making the right decision a few times, and that's a real problem. All right, and here's the deal, David. Normally, we wouldn't talk about this, but at a time in which COVID-19, on a day-by-day basis, is the number one story in the world, we have no choice to talk about this, and you're a guy who writes about this every day. Uh, Yesterday, Rich Winter came on the show and referenced all the successes in Sweden, and I will tell you that we received significant blowback from our texters especially given the fact that Sweden's got Sweden does have basically 40% of the total cases of Canada. Uh, now they've got much smaller population, so they've got 834 cases per million. Canada has right now 508. I think it's fair to say that uh, that's 508 cases per million. Fair to say that you know Europe's been dealing this longer than uh, certainly North America, but in deaths. Uh, Per 1 million in population, Sweden's had 68, and Canada is sitting at about 11 deaths per million. So I, there was a lot of pushback on the show yesterday after Rich mentioned Sweden as a country that was maybe doing things a little bit differently. Uh, you've often cited South Korea and Taiwan and Singapore, the country's close. Um, and border closures were a big part of the, how they were able to limit their numbers. Yeah, Bob. And the really good news in Alberta and in BC is uh, both governments, both provincial governments are kind of um, set up with the federal approach and are going to take a lot more extra care at the borders. But, you know, we don't control the borders. We uh, in Alberta, people fly in and fly out, drive in and drive out. And it's a federal responsibility. But what happened immediately in countries like Taiwan um who are really close to China is they realized as soon as they heard the rumors that they realized, oh, this is terrible news. And they put in a mandatory 14-day quarantine for anyone coming from an infected area. And uh, because of that, in a place like Taiwan, they've only had three, 400 uh, cases and, and less, I think it's still less than 10 deaths in Taiwan. This was a country where they expected to have the, the, the worst outbreak other than China because there's such close connection between Taiwan and China. People working um, in uh, China who live in Taiwan, moving back and forth, all kinds of holiday traffic. So they thought Taiwan was just going to get hammered by this, but they have got not at all hammered. And it's because they had this really sane policy. Like if you're someone's coming from Wuhan, they're going to go into quarantine when they get here for 14 days. Why didn't we have that in Canada? Well, the reason is that Cam was playing politics. She she decided well that would be. That would stigmatize China, um, and that you know, and we also don't want people to act in a racist way against um, Asian Canadians. She was completely right about the racism stuff. Of course, we can't have racism against Asian Canadians um, because of a, an outbreak in China. That's ridiculous. She was right to call that out and speak on it, but she was wrong to set uh, border policy because of it. They, they're completely unrelated. And she she forgot that her main job was to pr- protect the Canadian the health of Canadian public. That's that was her only job, and she got confused and um, she made a mistake by by not having a border policy where anyone coming from any infected area in the world would be put into mandatory quarantine, which is now the policy, which they finally kind of backtracked on two months too late. 
All right. Just regarding uh, Taiwan, uh, since David referenced them, uh, Taiwan has a grand total of 379 total cases and five deaths. They've also uh, they've also tested to the tune of uh, 1,700 tests per million people. So they, they've tested a fair amount too. And, and Bob, uh, the people are they're going to school there. They're going to work there. I mean, that's what we that's yeah. what we're desperate for here in Canada. Yeah. Uh, last night, uh, just but we'll get to the hockey stuff in a second. Uh, I, I, I and I know you, spo- you you sort of referenced it and drew an analogy to hockey, but just the wide. We know what the numbers are. Alberta is basically testing at about two percent positive on the sixty-seven thousand tests they've done, uh, which means we're sitting around thirteen hundred and fifty positive tests total. So I was a little bit surprised where a worst case scenario suggested that eight hundred thousand Albertans could get COVID. Uh, David, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do like if two percent of four point four million people got COVID in Alberta, that would be eighty eight thousand. So how do they come up with eight hundred thousand potential? Bob, I think that their COVID I think G- that their model, and I'm and I'm not sure about this, but their model seems to be based on the fact there's incredibly unreliable data. There's incredible. Um, they don't know all the factors that are going to impact it. How well will people listen to public health? Um, warnings or not how much will people self-isolate in alberta and the model just reflects the incredible uncertainty with both the data and how people are going to behave so that's how you get these wide numbers so i don't think the model's flawed it's the data's flawed and that we don't know what's going to happen the model just reflects the 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 unwelcome fact that nobody knows what's going to happen and the model's essentially spitting out that out by giving these huge variances. Like, there, the one, the model says there might be 400 deaths, or under mod, like if if things are kind of moderate severe, there could be 6,600 deaths. That's a pretty big variance, 400 to 6,600. And then if we didn't do anything, there'd be 32,000 deaths. So the model is just like it's it's a mess because we're in a mess is what I would say. I, I don't blame the model. I just think these models, they have limited use until we get better data. And you know what's funny, David, is 10% of the texters say, why do you guys even talk about hockey on Oilers now? The other 90% are like, just talk about hockey on Oilers now. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, you're, because you're writing about this and covering this on a daily basis, it's I think it's apropos to have you on, on it. Now, speaking of hockey and the National Hockey League, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think makes the most sense at this stage of the game moving forward here? Well, the reason you talk about COVID on your show, Bob, is because it's completely related related to the coming playoffs. I mean, if we don't get a, a handle on this, there's not going to be any playoffs. So we have to get our head around that. So I, I think there's going to be a playoffs, and here's why: I think that we are we are going to figure out. I mean, they already we have, we are already figuring out how to section off huge groups of people in seniors' homes from the rest of society. They're, they're essentially like locked in, locked down. No one comes in, comes out and to, to keep those people who are most vulnerable safe. With, an, with the NHL, what they're looking at, according to Elliot Friedman, was this North Dakota, heading to North Dakota, and essentially they'd keep the players in complete lockdown in hotels. No one coming in or out except to go to the games. Major League Baseball is thinking the same thing, doing this in Arizona. And um, you'd have to have testing of the players before they came in, obviously. 
And so no one, you know, you, uh, no one uh, of the broadcasters on the team, everyone has to clear their test before they go in there. They continue to test them. And anyone in, in that lockup would stay in that lockup. And that's how you could have NHL playoffs is by having that. So the players would have to agree to that. The owners would have to agree to it. It would have to make financial sense. But I think, it's, I think that's what's going to be the solution. I think that's what's going to happen. You know, it's interesting, David, uh, just updating some numbers here. New York has 149,000 total cases. They have six, uh, 6,200 deaths, including almost 800 today. New Jersey has 47,000. That's 196,000 cases in the U.S. between those two states alone. Now, there's only three teams in those two states. Here's, a, here's one for you. If we went to, say, four locations. Yeah. Given so, take a look around the league. Which markets have the the lowest uh, the lowest amount of hits for cases for COVID nineteen? Edmonton well, and Winnipeg might, would be two of the lowest. Yeah, they might come here, Bob. I mean, look at look at the um, the Marriott Hotel and the um, the two rinks at the downtown arena would might be a really good site to have uh, these playoff games. So that could be what we see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting moving forward. I mean, I, I, I saw the stuff on Fargo, and I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a sec here. I mean, Edmonton has a way bigger population and has, you know, basically, according to Health Alberta, we're sitting at about 350 cases. Now, that could obviously, I mean, the last, and you don't want to read too much in the day-by-day case update totals that are provided by Alberta Health, but yesterday, I think we were below below 35 or something like that, which is pretty good right now. David Staples joining, and by the way, 62% of the cases in the province are currently in the Calgary region. Uh, David, uh, Ken Holland did our show on Monday. He did a full media availability yesterday. Uh, your thoughts, first of all, on Anton Slepyshev and the fact that the Oilers have offered him a contract. Well, you know, when he left, Bob, when Slepyshev left, I don't, like, I don't recall how you felt about him, but I thought, you know, he'd kind of given it his best here in Edmonton and it hadn't worked out. And I know there was lots of people who liked him quite a bit, more than I did. There was a small group of people at least, but you know, he, he didn't look like he was going to make it, but he has since come on and and he's uh, had a great season in Russia. I think he was, a, for the last half of the year, he was close to a point-a-game player, which in the KHL is something. So maybe his game has taken a step up. Ken Holland has shown a clear proclivity to go for European veterans. Uh, uh, Nyquist, Haas came in, uh, Joel Pearson. Um, some of them work out, some of them don't. And he's, he's going to continue that. And it's, and it, it's hard to find NHL players. He's He's... He's looking everywhere he can, and, you know, there's a lot to like about Slepyshev's game. He's a big, uh, skilled winger with, a you know, a right shot. And could he play on a third line in the NHL and make some noise? Maybe a little bit. Maybe he could finally score 10, 15 goals a year. We didn't see that in the past, but he was defensively responsible. He's physical. He's big. So if he signs here, that would be a good bet. The key is going to be money, of course. What did you think of uh, Holland's comments on Philip Roberg along with uh, Philip Bergland and Marcus Niemelainen? Well, he, he, he says it's hard to find NHL defensemen, so that's why he's interested in these guys. Berglund is a very promising prospect at this point. I think he's like 22, 23. Right shot D-man who was uh, playing a ton of minutes on his team in Sweden. He's ready to come over here. Uh, Broberg will only stay if he makes the team. Broberg's chances of making the orders, I, I mean, what do you think they are, Bob? Almost nil next year. No. So he'll be back in Sweden, uh, uh, which is yeah. where he belongs. 
And and playing here, David, for the uh, World Junior Championship as well. He'll be with Sweden on that team. Yeah, he he played about um, 14 minutes a game in Sweden this year, which was kind of the minimum I thought he would need to play to get you know something out of it. But his coach there in Sweden is in love with Broberg's game. He really believes in the player. He thinks he's the best young Swedish defenseman he's seen in, in decades, essentially. So they have a coach there in Sweden who believes in the player. Um, it certainly didn't hurt Oscar Kleffbaum to spend two years, his first two years after draft in Sweden developing. I think it's a really good plan to have uh, Broberg back there for next season. Okay. Uh, Berglund and Niemelein. My guess is we'll see Niemelein in here and Berglund in a year. That's my guess. Um, the one thing I will say, it, it just uh, hit on this with you quickly, David, I think there's going to be an opportunity um, for American Hockey League quality AHL veterans because, you know, the Oilers called up Yamamoto. Benson got a little bit of luxy. Uh, McLeod's not ready. Maximov's not ready. If I was a, a really good AHL player that could push for a guy like, you know, I'm just trying to think, uh, who's the guy Vegas has uh, that scored 20 goals uh, uh, with uh, Florida a number of years ago? Um, that's been up and down and been somewhat successful. His name escapes Curry? me right now. Yeah, Brandon Perry, good job. Yeah. Uh, you know, a guy like that should be looking at a situation in Edmonton because there might be a little spot gap, you know, in the off season. Because I think there's going to be a concerted effort to uh, – the owners are going to need to have a couple forwards like that. They've got some defense coming. You know, I don't think we have Bouchard slotted in next year right from the get-go. But in terms of the forwards, there might be an opportunity for a couple guys to work their way into the mix and get some NHL games. They really need a, a super solid AHL uh, D-man down there. Last, uh, when they were such a good team a year before they had Ryan Stanton, who might have been the best two-way defenseman in some ways, like for a veteran, one of those veteran guys, the best two-way D-man in that whole Pacific region, Stanton was just really uh, strong in the AHL, and then they lost him this summer, and they really missed him all year. So I don't know if he'd come back or Brandon Davidson, but they need that kind of player. Um, unless they bring in both Nemo Line and Ann Berglund, then they might fill that hole. But I, I think they're going to need that super solid veteran D-man to anchor that entire team. Well, and the other thing to factor in is what happens with Green and what happens with Benning moving forward. Uh, we gave uh, Brennan and myself in the first hour of the show, both, both gave our rosters. If we started the playoffs tonight, I'd start Koskinen and goal. I would have uh, Nurse and Bear together, Clefbaum and Larson together, and I would have had Green with, uh, assuming he was back from injury, with Caleb Jones. And that was hard for me because I really like Matt Benning, but uh, I like Green's experience. Um and then I, the top three lines for me, uh, I had Neil with McDavid and Cassian. I had Nugent Hopkins back with Drysettle and Yamamoto. I had Nygaard in the lineup uh, playing with Shane and Archibald. And then I had Kara centering the fourth line uh, with Athanasiu and Chason with an opportunity for Athanasiu to move up and push Neil. Uh, any uh, yays or nays from your perspective on any of that? Uh, I, uh, the only one I really disagree with is on green. Um talking to some people who watch were walking to watching detroit hockey day in day out they just they just green uh wasn't getting it done you look at his numbers in detroit the last year and a half it looks like he's a bit past it. i i really like caleb jones with chris russell or matt benning ahead of green i just don't you know i think that that uh holland might have been thinking of the green that he used to know rather than the green that people were seeing in detroit this year so I'm a little bit concerned about uh, his ability to perform. I think he's a great insurance player to have, but I would not be playing him right now again ahead of Russell or Benning. 
Great stuff. Uh, David, thanks for your time, and we'll hook up next Wednesday. Thanks, Bob. Talk to you then. Yeah, you bet. Uh, again, you can uh, text us at any time. It's- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 780-496-0063. That's where we're going to go next on our Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 126 in Edmonton. I want to get to a bunch of texts here on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Bob, nobody knows what's going to happen, There's but there's a lot of data out there missing but the provincial government throws out 800,000 as a number. How irresponsible is that? And again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Another texter says, I 100% agree with David. Another texter says, Bob, the modeling is junk, just like climate change models. It's not even science at this point. Uh, not everybody agrees uh with having David on the show talking about this stuff. I know it's bare bones in the sports world, but why have this guy on your show? It's already a dwindling audience, and this won't help. Uh, again, you can uh, text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Ben uh, and Devin says, Bob, it's been reported Taiwan also produces one million masks per day, and their people wear them. Our government, led by Miss Tam, misled us all to believe that masks don't help slow the spread. Had we been more prepared with our mask supply, we would have gotten ahead of this thing uh, from Ben. Well, one of the guys that really pushed it uh, with me uh, was uh, Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood Guy. He was uh, really pushing the whole mask idea concept. Another text comes in, Bob, uh, people died of pneumonia-related incidents, which is the highest killer of older people, has dropped significantly. Um on the stats so you know saying it's been replaced by this virus uh lots of different perspectives uh kevin says bob uh you and david talked about concepts as to how to get nhl players back up and kevin goes why should nhl players been entitled to virus testing before i am as a courier that one comes to us from kevin brew crew wants to know since we mentioned what about edmonton maybe being a pot- uh, potential host of say uh four teams let's say you have of four regional hosts of 14 playdowns. Uh, Bob, could the old Northlands Arena uh, be used if needed as well, combined with Rogers Place and the downtown arena? I don't have that answer for you. And Sunny in Vancouver has asked the same question. 
Uh, different texter says, Bob, Cowtown Bob here. If the NHL tries to have games without fans in the stands, it will be hard to control all the fans that will just want to gather in public places to celebrate anyway. There you have it. Wide range of responses. Keep them coming here. Texas at 780-496-0063. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with John Shannon. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.